First Samuel chapter 18. Thank you. In First Samuel chapter 18, we can read about the, the young man David who was to become King David. Um, the young man David uh, was, <clears throat> his best friend was Jonathan. Jonathan was King Saul's son, but Saul had it in for David. Now, I want to talk about tonight uh, a topic that, is, uh, that we all need to be aware of. I want to talk about forgiveness and the importance of it. And forgiveness, it's important for the forgiver and for the forgiven. Now, <clears throat> why do you think I am talking about King David or the, the young man David? We read here in chapter 18... Uh, in verse 10, And it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house, and David played with his hand, as at other times, and there was a javelin in Saul's hand. Now Saul was jealous. So they both belonged to the Lord. They were both Israelites. And we read here, um, well, we read a little bit more in verse 11. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I'll smite David even to the wall with it. And David, uh, and David avoided out of his presence twice. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Now, why would I bother reading that? Well, sometimes people throw a javelin at you, don't they? At us. Maybe it's one of us here throwing it at one of us here, hopefully not too often. Sometimes uh, uh, people that we come across in this life, they throw javelins at us, not literal javelins, or you might have had a javelin thrown, I suppose, but, but, but people can be pretty offensive sometimes, can't they? They can be rude. They can be hurtful. They can be insulting. They can be demeaning, all of those things. And... Uh, and we get upset. Why do we get upset? Because we're human beings. And David here, David here, if we read in verse 14, how did he react? He didn't say, I forgive you, Saul. But we read in verse 14, and David behaved himself wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. And you see, when things happen to us, we do have the choice. We, we, we can fly off the handle or panic or get angry. I suppose that's the same as flying off the handle, isn't it? But we, we, we can get angry, we can panic, or we can conduct ourselves in a wise way. Now then, things do happen in this life. We upset each other from time to time. I wish there were more people more people in the fellowship here to speak to tonight, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, there will always be, be people that um, you want to get the word across to, but they're not around for some reason or another. But we, we, uh, we take it in anyway, don't we? In Matthew chapter 18, up here in the New Testament, I'd like you to go there. So 
we can see that if if David is if 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 David is any example, of course he's an example. If if that is any any example, we can see how we need to behave when javelins are thrown at us, whether it's from a somebody in our family here or whether it's somebody outside. Now we read in Matthew chapter 18 and, and Matthew chapter 18 is a great chapter on uh, forgiveness and, and how we should treat and how we should not treat one another. But I just want to take a couple of verses. In fact, keep your finger in Matthew 13 because I'm going to come back to it a few times. In verse 23, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought to him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and his children, and all that he had, and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, and he laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that that you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Then, So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said to him, O you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you desired me. Should not you also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And so we see that forgiveness here, it's actually equated to cancelling a debt. And if we want to talk about forgiveness, and we do, that's what I'm talking about, um, well, forgiveness, there, there are a number of Greek words in the New Testament from where we get the word forgive or forgiveness or forgave and so on. But one that, that is quite common for forgiveness is a Greek word, aphesis, A-P-H-E-S-I-S. And it means a sending away or a letting go. And so we see here it's also equated or, or forgiveness is equated to cancelling a debt. And we, we want to appreciate, we want to understand what the Lord is talking about because forgiveness, as I said before, it's important for the forgiven and it's also important for the forgiver. So keep your finger in Matthew, if you will, and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, <clears throat> actually I was talking to somebody this afternoon about the things of the Lord, and, um, and they, they said to me, <clears throat> well they said to me a number of things, I spent a long time, <laughs> an hour and a, hour and a half talking about, and uh, sometimes it's, it's difficult, isn't it, talking with people that have been taught elsewhere, I'm talking about 
a spirit-filled person that's been taught elsewhere, they've had a, a mixture of teachings, it's, it's a lot easier to be able to preach the gospel to a person that is not spirit-filled and that doesn't know anything. But sometimes we come across people that are spirit-filled, but they've been fed all sorts of unscriptural nonsense. And, and it's a matter of sort of teasing out of, of the nonsense, the little bits of truth that they've got, and showing the complete truth. Well, we want to do that always with the Word of God, don't we? And look, there are just so many scriptures that you could turn to to talk about forgiveness, and, and each one will probably have a different aspect. But, well, I've got the ones that I've got, and you might even say even that's too many. Anyway, you're in Ephesians in chapter 4, and in verse 32. And be you kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Now, so we just one point here is that there are two sorts of forgiveness, really, aren't there? And we're familiar that the Lord has forgiven us. He says, you're perfect now. Your sins or your sins and your iniquities have been removed as far as the east is from the west. The east from the west. You know, we're, we're, we're sinless in God's sight. We just need to believe it. But there's, so, so that's all right. That's easy to accept. Yes, we're, God's forgiven us. But it's talking about forgiving one another and being forgiven of one another. That sometimes uh, takes a little bit of learning, doesn't it? Have a look in the book of John in chapter 8. John in chapter 8, we've already seen how God was expecting, or not God was expecting, how David, who was one of the anointed, as we are, Saul, who was one of the anointed, one of them was the offended, one of them was the offender. We see how David behaved himself, and it's an example to us. We see here in John chapter 8 and verse 1, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say to him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what say you? These... these um, these scribes and the Pharisees. I mean, what, what, what an attitude! What a what a um, oh, I don't know how do you describe their attitude. It's just so hypocritical. I mean, don't even worry about the bloke. Just get the woman. You know, come on, let's let's punish her. That's their attitude. It's not mine. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> now, in verse 5, Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what say you? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. 
And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman was standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted him up himself and saw none but the woman he said to a woman where are those your accusers has no man condemned you and she said no man lord and jesus said to her neither do i condemn you go and sin no more now i mean when, when these guys the scribes and the pharisees come out and say well we've got the woman here you can see how how one-sided how hypocritical they are in their attitudes and they just convict themselves even more you know well, we should stone her you know what, what are you going to say but the Lord has a way, I mean, their vindictiveness, it's just um, uh, so extreme, isn't it? How vindictive and condemning they are. They weren't going to forgive. They weren't interested in that. And the Lord wasn't even getting, going to get into the, the argument, really, but he, he floored them. Well, you who, one of you has no, uh, what, what did he say? Um, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. God, uh, um, we, we, we see this vindictiveness. We see how God reacts to the situation. And so the, on the one extreme, we have the vindictiveness and the, the absolute refusal to forgive there. But on the other extreme, we see the compassion of Jesus Christ or the compassion of God, the willingness to forgive, the willingness to move on and to get on with actually what is important. We, as the Lord's people now, we need to somehow or other, yes, through reading the scriptures, through being prayerful, through uh, having our faith built up, we need to be able to move away from this vindictive, unforgiving attitude that is common with every single one of us, no doubt, if we allow it. And we need to move towards being like Jesus Christ, full of compassion. And so this word forgiveness, a thesis, a letting go, being able to, to uh, let go the offence, to not hold the grudge, not to have it burning away inside of you and consuming you. Have a look in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's face it, we're all human. We can all feel resentment. We can all feel hostility to one extent or another. We can all um, uh, just feel really, you know, angry about something, angry towards a person, whether it's a brother or a sister or, or somebody that's um, uh, somebody unsaved. We can all feel that. <clears throat> now we read here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 4, charity, that word charity comes from the Greek word agape, which means the the love of God, this supernatural love of God, for God so agaped the world... He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. This is the love of God. And, and he talks, Paul is speaking of it here, charity or agape, suffers long and is kind. Charity envies not, charity vaunts not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked and thinks 
no evil. You see, the love of God is actually the foundation of our forgiveness. The love of God within us is the foundation of our ability to forgive one another or to forgive others. They don't have to be within the fellowship. Hopefully we don't have to keep on forgiving each other. But we've got to be able to do it. You know, see, having the love of God working within us, if we love something, or not love something, if we love someone, we're not going to keep account of the offence, are we? And keep on bringing it up. Oh, you said this, you did that, or you didn't do this, or you didn't, whatever, whatever. We're, because we love them. Because you see in me, Jesus Christ, and because I see you in you, Jesus Christ, we're going to... We acknowledge, we'll all make mistakes, we'll all say things that we regret later, but we're going to be able to let it go. Ephesus, send it away, to let it go. Um, are you still got your finger in Matthew 18? Just turn back there for a moment, please. Turn it down a bit, perhaps. <laughs> Matthew 18 and verse 15. Moreover, if your brother shall trespass against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he shall hear you, you have gained your brother. You know, sometimes, not infrequently, people will come to me and say, Oh, Simon, um, so-and-so did this or so-and-so said this to me thinking that I'm the arbitrator, that, I, that I, oh, I'll just take it on board. Right, oh, I'll go and sort this one out. <laughs> That's not my job. My job is to point you to the scripture. <laughs> I say, go and sort it out yourself. Go and talk to them. But if he will not hear you, in verse 16 then take with you one or two more that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it into the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be to you as a heathen man and a publican. Well, let's just go to the book of Psalms. You can keep your finger in Matthew. Go to the book of Psalms 37, please. Psalm 37 and uh, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. In verse 9, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And in verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. 
fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. What do we just read in Matthew 18? If you uh, if somebody's upset you, go and talk about it. Don't have it out between he and thee alone. If they won't hear you, take two or three witnesses. If they won't hear you, take it to the church. But sometimes, you know, an offence will take place of some sort or another. Something will upset you and you don't actually get a satisfactory resolution. But we read here in verse 8, Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself in any wise to do evil. Don't be consumed. The scriptural advice is don't be consumed with anger or resentment. As I say, sometimes you'll never get a satisfactory answer because somebody is a little bit contrary and that's just the way they are. They don't want to learn. Well, well, you can't make anybody do anything, can you? We can only advise from the scriptures and we as individuals can only be led by the Bible. Oh, and somebody will say, oh, yeah, but they've done or she's done or he's done. Never mind. What has God told you to do? What has God told me to do? It's in here, isn't it? And that's, he's told us the attitude to have. We conduct ourselves more wisely, despite the javelins being thrown. In Hebrews chapter 10, have you still got your finger in Matthew? You'd better. (laughs) Hebrews in chapter 10. Now, Paul here is writing to us, the Spirit-filled, and he says in verse 30, For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongs to me, I will recompense, says the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It is indeed. And so... There will be times, there have been times, no doubt, when you or I don't get a satisfactory response because we've been upset. Uh, we don't get a satis- what, what we regard as a satisfactory response. Well, the scriptural advice is don't be consumed with anger and resentment. Let it go. Forgive. doesn't mean that wrong hasn't been done, but let it go so that it doesn't consume you and just be comforted with this. Whatever is said, whatever is done, God sees it all. And it is God that says, Vengeance belongs to me. I will recompense. And all the people said. Now, we don't need to take it into our own hands. Um, uh, Go back to Proverbs, if you will, please. This time, chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 29. He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalts folly. I don't know if that actually needs a great deal of expounding. (laughs) It's fairly straightforward, isn't it? Uh, But he says in verse 30, a sound heart... A sound heart is the life of the flesh, 
but envy the rottenness of bones. You see, it's not good for us to nurture a grudge. Over the years that I've been in the Lord, I suppose there have been times when I've been tempted to nurture a grudge because of something or other. I've certainly seen people from time to time nurture a grudge and it's um, very unhealthy. A sound heart is the life of the flesh but envy the rottenness of the bones and sometimes, sadly, you see that the, the bitterness, the, the, the anger or the resentment that consumes people. I mean, let's be, let's be uh, quite realistic about this. Let's call a spade a spade. We're, we're all human. We, we're all subject to emotions that are negative at times. We read up in the book of Hebrews again, but you don't need to turn there, <clears throat> Um, where, where Paul talks to the Hebrews and says, lest a, a root of bitterness springing up within you, it, it defiles many. We can't afford to let it defile us. And so forgiveness is important for the forgiver and it's also important for the forgiven. There is no, no doubt about that. <clears throat> We read elsewhere up in the New Testament in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4, you don't need to turn to it, where the Lord says or Paul says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. So if something happens, then get rid of it as fast as possible. Have a, another look in the book of Matthew chapter 18, please, and I'm just going to finish off very shortly. Matthew chapter 18 again. And this time in verse, <clears throat> in verse 21, Then came Peter him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus said to him, I say not to you until seven times, but until 70 times 7. So we've got to be prepared to put up with a little bit of flack, don't we? However, we do need to be warned. If, if you think, if I think, oh, well, <laughs> I can keep on upsetting Kingsley, I've done, it, I've done it 70 times 6 times, I think I can keep on going a bit longer. Well, <clears throat> go with me to the Proverbs again, Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 3. A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And, you know, going, thinking back to what we've just read, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? Seven times? And the Lord said, no, it's seven times, 70 times. But we better be careful, all of us, if we, if we are a little bit flippant about, well, you know, a little bit abrasive, a little bit unfeeling towards brothers and sisters or unsaved people, we can find that we're actually 
all of a sudden we wake up one day and we find we don't have any friends because people avoid us. People don't want to talk to us because they don't want to get hurt. A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself. Oh, I'm not going to go over there again. <laughs> I got bitten last week or the week before. A prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. So <clears throat> uh, I do need to be careful. I need to keep a careful count on how many more times I upset Kingsley because he might start to avoid me. Now I know I'm being flippant, but you know what I'm saying. We, we do need to be careful. We, we need to be uh, well and truly aware of what the Lord is saying here, that forgiveness or the lack of forgiveness is going to, if we, if we do not forgive, it will get the better of us. The, the anger, the resentment will burn away inside of us and in the end you'll, we'll throw up our hands in the air and say, oh, it's all too difficult, blow that for a joke. They can do it by themselves. You know, I've had enough. It's a lack of humility, of course, and um, it, it's so important. Our, our, our walk in the Lord... Humility is absolutely fundamental to our walk in the Lord. Being able to forgive and uh, be forgiven again is absolutely fundamental to our walk in the Lord. Very important quality. And all the people said.